0: And you're listening to ET Radio. We are sponsored by ACO Club, American Communications Online. So, hello, troops. Welcome aboard. We always say to all those out there that are spinning around smartly on planet Earth, Gaia, Sophia, Sophia, however you'd like to say it, thank you for joining us, especially all our Facebook friends out there that like us. <laughs> And we are all about not being alone and getting to know each other. So we're going to share today, which is Saturday, twelve twenty-two in the year of 2018, we're getting ready to have happy holidays in North America, for sure, maybe around the world, depending on how you look at life and if you celebrate and have cultures. But if you do and you can hear me, thank you so much, especially everybody in Ireland and Canada, and uh, Europe, of all parts. Uh, We've been getting a lot of people, but most of all, 80% of our people are right here in North America, so thank you, the United States of America people that listen to us speaking English, and we uh, have American communications online, and we share radio shows and podcasting. We do it live. For those that have known me uh, through Facebook or actually this radio show, and our keywords are consciousness and self-help and educational entertainment, Authors Book Club, of course ACO and American Communications Online, and we have The Opened Walk, and Bill M. Tracer, which has been my co-host for several years, along with Janet Carolesson and... Tommy Hawksblood and occasionally Tony R. Elliot and uh sometimes a Med Painter would come in from uh over in Georgia and uh bring in people on Skype so we've had a great time we've had some great speakers over the last 6 years and this is a time of year when we thank everybody and we we're very thankful warm and welcoming for all of our friends and have our life changes, and everybody is walking on their own spiritual path. And my mother passed down to me that we are all the authors of our own life story. And now that we have paid for our speaker account through our company, American Communications Online, we're getting out to a lot more people and going straight to YouTube. And we have FM radio and, of course, iTunes, and that's the big one. The ninety, the big, the big place you have to be, and I've been watching uh, numbers from one hundred fifty thousand to two hundred fifty thousand increase when people ask, and that's not a lot, but it's a lot of people. If you put them all in one room, you couldn't. So, you know, we thank people for supporting us and letting us know that uh, you like our little club. It's a club of people, and we invite you to join us on Facebook. Uh, I've got UFO Secret Space for those that like that and many others in Paranormal and uh, Star Warriors, Star Trekkers for those that uh, like to follow what we do and all that we're doing with people in the entertainment education and entertainment business. So we're doing our best to make people feel a part of us and so if you'd like to be on one of our radio shows, please let us know. We, uh, we're we open to uh, moderating books for authors and uh, helping them talk about what their passion is and what they're bothered to write about. So uh, we, we created an Authors Club, ACO, Authors Club organization. And we have Authors Book Club, and we're going to be listing that. And a lot of people nowadays uh, that used to help us, uh, on free social media are getting all tied up and working as volunteers, free and free social media. So everybody can have their own business and their own podcast and their own website and their free social media. And now people are telling me they're all too busy to help us anymore. So I guess we're going to have to look for some new volunteers. Now I'll be speaking uh, at the new conference called New Horizons in 2019, right here. And the panhandle of Florida, New Horizons, is Saturday, January 12th at the Navarre Conference Center. For those of you that are anywhere close to us, a whole lot of people come out, a lot of psychic readers and people that sell crystals and drummers and uh, drumming companies and things like that. It's just a good old gathering of like kindred spirits. And I'll be talking about that, uh, New Horizons, and I'm going to ask my daughter to join me with her book called uh, Intrinsic Realities, and I've got quite a few books out there. i am getting asked, been asked to talk about UFOs and the uh, portal Stargate and ET Disclosure, so I'm very happy to make my own uh, idea of what that's going to be, and become a speaker. It'll be my second big conference. I did Mid-South Con with Bill M. Tracer in 2016, and I was skipping uh, 2017, but then I went to the Mars Anomaly Conference in Mobile, Alabama, and I got up briefly with Dr. Lesson and Janet Carroll Lesson, and then uh, this year I'm going to do, well, 2019, do New Horizons. Well, here's Bill M. Tracer. Let me get him to uh, introduce himself so bill we'll do a quick sound check how are you tonight
1: i'm
2: okay
0: how do i sound you sound pretty darn good like you always do we usually don't ever have any trouble with your equipment pretty good from memphis our memphis area cordova go ahead and introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are and what books you've written and why you're doing our our authors club and uh, then how they can get in touch with you, and then we'll get on and we'll talk about how to be opened minded. I guess I put opened mind, the open walk, so we can give an idea of what we want to create in our ACO club because so many people are so busy these days. But if they want to be with us and on our radio and find us on Facebook, and we can always put them on our websites as well, including all your art and stuff. So. I'm going to let you just take over and give me a rest for a while. It's your turn, and then we'll look for you on YouTube later tonight. (laughs) Next one.
2: All right. Well, I am Bill M. Tracer, and I'm both an author and a freelance artist. And I work with 3D computer graphics as well as fractals or abstracts. And uh, as far as the art goes. Then from my writing, I I write both fiction and nonfiction. I have two books out that are fiction, and two books out that are nonfiction, for a total of four books. And then I got a few short, you know, ebook shorts that are out there too. But uh, the most recent book, The Open to Walk, is I guess our primary topic tonight. That's that's what the what I wrote most recently, and. Um, it's basically a, a, a look at, uh, spirituality, blending science with our spiritual quest. That's the subtitle of the book. And it's basically, uh, looking at, uh, religion and spiritual ways of thinking and philosophies and belief systems the world over comparing and contrasting them and kind of finding that, uh, that common ground, excuse me, between them all and uh, with, with the logic that, you know, that by finding those things that, that all the major religions share in common, then we're looking at something that is obviously near and dear to our heart, something that is quintessentially spiritual. And uh, so that, uh, that's the, that's the basic idea of the open walk. And, um, inevitably, when, when you start comparing multiple spiritual ideas and belief systems, then you end up finding this kind of synchronicity or, a uh, synch- syncretistic way of looking at things. It's, you, you find the things that synchronize between the various beliefs. And, uh, and that's a, a big part of what uh, what the book talks about. In fact, in the introduction, the primary theme of the introduction of the book is personalized syncretism. What is that? And I kind of examine what that is in the, in the introduction and uh, take a look at the idea of how, as we do that, as we, as we dig into all these various belief systems, we find the things where the blend. To kind of come together, to harmonize, and and that's where the syncretism comes in. The definition of syncretism, according to the dictionary, and chiefly when it comes to religious syncretism, is a term used often by scholars and academics to describe the practice of those seeking to blend multiple religions, philosophies, and schools of thought into a synchronized belief system. That's the basic idea of what syncretism is. And on the open walk we find that syncretism naturally emerges and can be personalized. So you don't have to necessarily institutionalize it. It can be totally personal. And uh and I think that's uh, kind of important because inevitably we're not we're we're gonna, we're gonna come up with different ways of synchronizing each each individual will. But in the long run, I think a lot of what will emerge will be pretty similar for between various people, But uh, it's not necessarily going to be the same. So we open walk leads to syncretism, and then from there you just kind of keep on doing it. You keep on learning more and more about the various religions of the world. No, that's kind of a lifetime endeavor. It's not something that you do overnight. And it just goes on and on it's an ongoing process, and uh inevitably uh as you do that, things are gonna evolve over time it's gonna change you're not gonna just establish a specific belief system and then just stay there you're gonna they're gonna change over time it, it, the ideas are going to slowly evolve and it, it just has everything evolved you know, and so uh that's a big part of it. You mustn't expect, okay, I've, I, after a couple of years of doing this, you know, you say, okay, I've done it now. That's not going to do it. <laughs> That's not going to work like that. It, uh, instead, it is, like I say, an ongoing process that just keeps on going throughout your entire life.
1: Well, you're
0: okay. doing good.
2: <laughs> okay. All uh, right. Uh, well, I'm, I'm following you so far another question that, yeah. I, that I talked about in, in that chapter is is this a movement or a trend, is this this tendency toward syncretism is it a movement or a trend do we stand at the threshold of a revolutionary evolution of our beliefs growing increasingly individualized and personalized is this the next stage in the evolution of human beliefs personalized syncretism is naturally going to manifest itself Differently in each individual, even while many may be decidedly similar, will inevitably be shared in common between the various personal expressions of this individualized process. But it would seem that unless religious organizations are willing to adopt I'm sorry, adapt to this individualization of believers, their very continued existence may be in jeopardy. If the trend continues moving more in the direction of the of an increasing number of individuals personalizing their beliefs, then personalized syncretism will come to dominate. It may become PC to adopt PS. We, uh, we can respond to this trend by embracing it and riding the way, adapt and evolve with it, or we can resist it, fail to adapt with the inevitable result of death. Not necessarily the death of individuals, but of whole institutions, even pillars of society. Like it or not, this is scary stuff. Potentially destabilizing. All the more reason adapting and evolving makes more sense than resisting this trend. So yeah, another another thing that that, that I focus on is the fact what we call the unchurched. There's a decided decided increase worldwide of the so called unchurched, that's people who no longer go to church. And this is not yeah, a lot actually, of them listen
0: to TV, right? A lot of them evangelism, yeah. and a lot of them feel like once they've evolved through all the world, we we're just talking about that today with my daughters. That they uh, one goes non-denomination, one goes to New Hope, but they feel like they don't have to be like they've all r- risen above all the church levels. But it says you should have fellowship and worship. Right. So I guess it's it's a personal choice. I guess it just depends on how you believe. And what For helps them. you? Every it's, it, it, it's an individual choice. How do you feel like that with universal life and open source and open mind and open walk, mm-hmm. each individual? Mm-hmm. Some of us in America have a lot easier. We can pretty much go to whatever. A lot of people live in Muslim countries. They don't really have that mm-hmm. much of a choice. Maybe over in Jerusalem, you know, the big three. So there's still yeah. Christians, Muslims, and Jews. But uh, I don't know how we would... Uh, share people if they're just open-minded and they've followed whatever they grew up with is still you have to you have to be open-minded but will we be accepted on the other side are those watchers are those angels are those levels in between that we're open to to receive and everybody has the right to go direct do they not right to their open their open soul their open mind and open to the, the all How do you feel, yeah. William, Bill, mm-hmm. Tracer, how do you deal with that for everybody in this well, first of all, particular? I,
2: I have a tendency to feel like that uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer was really on to something when he talked about God as being source. The source of all that is, all that, that, that ever was, all that ever will be. You know, That's basically what God is. God is source. And uh so I think that um in that understanding we, we begin to get a little closer. You know, uh I don't think that God is that uh white haired, bearded fellow sitting on the throne throwing lightning bolts when he's not happy. That that's Zeus. Or that's Jupiter. That's not folklore. You know, <laughs> that's,
0: that's our legends little... and myths. There's truth to some of that maybe from in the beginning but it depends on each person's mind and their filters how they think how what they know how what they've experienced each person can't explain god to another human being it's virtually impossible god didn't make it where he could be explained did he because look at all of us even our, mm-hmm. our alphabet numbers and the sacred divine was numbers before they were the alphabet but we all try in our limited he goes, because we're here on the planet. But How do you deal with all that? Explain all that for you, because we have people listening, and somebody from New York. Let me see. hi.
1: Hi. Uh, New York. Anna. I remember? thought
0: it was. Of course. Yeah, uh, Bill, this is Anna. She used to come on board. I just wanted to let her say hi real quick. I recognized your phone number, Anna. I'm going to start doing readings soon. I know that will help a lot of people, so oh. happy holidays.
1: My goodness. And uh, that would be great. When are you gonna do that again?
0: Probably next week, after my birthday on the Christmas twenty sixth. I've got a week till the new year. So I thought it'd be a good idea to get started again. But uh you remember Bill? You you how do you
1: how have you been? Are you doing okay? That so much has changed in your life and everything. Life and <laughs> everything
0: we're yeah. Yeah. I'm you. Yeah, we're Go ahead, Bill.
2: I'm very soon going to have to be adapting to the lifestyle of not having a car. And that's Uh-oh. not going to be easy. I yeah. had that wreck uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the car was totaled. Nobody was hurt, and that, that's the blessing. But the car is no longer usable, and uh, right now I can't afford to get another one. So I'm going to be without a car for a little while. But, you know, I mean, that's okay
0: because,
2: like I said, I'll just have
0: to adapt. Yeah. Yeah, I'll adapt. Well, we'll talk mm-hmm. later with. Uh, I hear a lot of noise. So I had to put uh, Anna on, on hold there because there's a lot of noise picking up. And, Anna, we're on YouTube now, so it'll be actually where people can hear us on YouTube. So we're doing a lot of uh uh soul searching right now. But folks I'll try to get to you next week, you know, to uh help you uh with whatever comes up for twenty nineteen. So we should have fun next week doing some readings, okay? So call in after the let's see, Chris now, Bill Christmas is Tuesday, right? In twenty eighteen. And, right. and Wednesday I'll be sixty seven and uh let's see I'm a I'm committed to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So uh, I may do some Sunday. I'm not sure yet. So uh, I may tie, do some on starting Sundays or something, but we'll talk about it next week. We'll just see how everybody feels and uh, enjoy having all the old old members back, especially Anna. She's been uh, really good. We've all done a lot of change. So, you know, Bill, this show keeps people that just feel comfortable being friends, right? We learned a lot about each other. Mm-hmm. So discussing uh, being open with the world changes and how we walk our own spiritual path because, you know, mm-hmm. we're all individuals. And how, how do you, you know, we work with conscience and then we work with building things together. And, and uh, a lot of people are asking me about their part in my life as entrepreneurs and what they're trying to do and what can we build together. Have you got any ideas what we could do? Because, you know, open source is also open in cyberspace. So we're using Facebook to keep up with each other. But have you got any ideas other than right, helping people write books? And <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Help us out here. What are we going to do?
2: Like I was saying about I'm going to have to personally adapt to not having a car. I think that, you know, that that's that's a key word right there, adaptation. Uh, increasingly the traditional religious past challenge our postmodern sensitivities, leaving us dissatisfied. We find ourselves asking, isn't there something more? Our belief systems as defined by organized religions must adapt. Part of that adaptation pivots on the relationship between religion and science. As we will discuss increasing or extensively in the in, in the book that there, there's no good reason for there to be an adversarial relationship between those two. Science need not present any kind of threat to religion. The job of science is not to explain away religion, but rather to shine the light of knowledge that can help us see more clearly how our beliefs work best in our lives. That's uh, I think is quite key is you know too many people have, have viewed science as this. Ultimate contradiction of religion, and it really isn't. It doesn't have to. Be. You know, uh, one of the greatest scientists in history, Sir Isaac Newton. He he didn't see any conflict between science and spirituality. He was a highly spiritual individual, and uh, and used science in his mind. It was he wasn't contradicting the existence of God. He was explaining the ways that God did stuff, basically. The way the universe itself is designed. Designed by a designer. Not just something that came about through random chance as the the more atheistic approach uh suggests. And and you know, that's an interesting aspect of, of that that whole question of uh you know is it scientific to still believe in God? And and I say, sure. There's no reason not to. In fact, it doesn't really have anything to do with it. Uh, the real thing is, see, science, like I said, with Isaac Newton, he was finding a way to explain how God did it. Even, even Darwin with his theory of evolution. Darwin was not an atheist. Darwin was a deist. And as such, it's the same thing. He saw, in fact, it says that in his book, the, uh, um, I've now I've forgotten the name of his book, <laughs> about evolution. The, the uh, Charles uh, Darwin? Yes, the, the uh, oh, shit. So he mean, wasn't an
0: uh, atheist?
2: No, he wasn't. He was a deist. And he believed that uh, basically what what he was, he was writing was an explanation of the way God went about creation through evolution. So evolution is not a contradiction Ev- of creation. It's the way it was done. That's all.
0: Ah, okay. <laughs> well, let's see. He was. We'll mention Charles Darwin, naturalist. So just let me tell people, because he, in a way he changed our reality, our timeline. But he was born February 12th, two days before Valentine's Day in 1809. Wow. He died April 19th, 1882. And he had several children and he went to Cambridge University and my dog wants to go look at two mice we got two Christmas mice (laughs) but Charles Darwin books list of books Goodness, 18 books in this series on the origin of species by means of natural selection the autobiography of Charles Darwin the voyage of the beagle Uh, my goodness I'll have to let her back out let's see penguin random house well, just on the origin of the species, is that the one you're talking about, the expression of the emotions in man and animals?
2: Yes, yes, on, on the origin of species was this. I guess you would call it his masterpiece, his, uh, his culmination. He actually did multiple editions of that book. Uh, and uh, i uh, in, in my book, I actually have a quote from, I think, the sixth edition of, of that one, in, in which he talks about how he sees no reason why Uh, that this theory should offend the sensitivities of the religious, And I agree with him. There is no reason why for there to be any offense here. It's not trying to explain it away. It's trying to explain how God did it. That's basically what it is. And uh, so as a deist, you know, he's not quite the same as somebody who believes in God from a theist point of view. The deist is, is, is a much more naturalist approach to the idea, basically saying we look at the universe and we see that the universe exhibits signs of design. And if the universe exhibits signs of design, then there must be a designer. And so it, it's simply a, uh, a conclusion drawn based on observation of the universe not something that comes from, you know, like, inspired, uh, divinity-inspired kind of stuff. It's just, you look around the universe, you see these things, and you say, yeah, do we see here signs of a designer? So, there must be a designer. Now, it's
1: not necessarily...
0: Were you you raised uh, in the church, but didn't you tell me at one time that you didn't believe or something happened that made you... Uh, not believe. I,
2: I you're right. you always. I was, I was raised in the Methodist Church, but uh, there came a point where I looked around me and I, and I just uh, I couldn't believe it. There's a lot of stuff, you know, in traditional Christianity that uh, is difficult sometimes. You know.
0: Uh, I think we all be... go through a period of of doubt and you have to come mm. back or not some never come yeah. back some do
2: and I did I, I I went away for a while and then I came back but interestingly I came back through science I was gazing at a poster that was made by National Geographic it was a poster of the universe showing the basic structure of the universe starting on the, the scale of our solar system you know, the earth and then our solar system and then it keeps going up and up until we see the entire universe. And, and I looked at that structure of the entire universe where multiple galaxies in clusters with strands of galaxies interconnecting these clusters and with vast areas of empty space. But still, all of this interconnectedness. And, and that's when I realized the structure of the universe itself bears a striking resemblance to the structure of a neural network. Unlike our own brain, that same kind of structure where the clusters of galaxies would represent like a brain cell and the strands interconnecting them are like the synapses that interconnect the various brain cells. And so the thought occurred to me, could it be that the entire universe is itself a conscious being? And the visible universe as we see it is essentially the brain of that conscious being and therefore each of us are well really quite tiny and within this structure a part of it each of us kind of like brain cells and the collective consciousness of all and not just us but if indeed there are other beings throughout the universe then all sentient beings would be a part of this interconnected cosmic consciousness and eventually you know right, right now it seems like for us for humanity that interconnection is on an unconscious level. But is that the way it's supposed to be? Should it be that we're really supposed to be conscious of, of this connection? All of us interconnected consciously throughout the cosmos? I, I, I think that may be what we're supposed to be, but something happened. Something happened a long time ago. And we find hints of it in the historical record. Some people call it the end of Atlantis, some people call it the Great Flood, the Deluge, some kind of global catastrophic event that knocked humanity down a peg. And when that happened, I think the post-traumatic stress of that event even still affects us thousands of years later. We're still suffering under that trauma. That's what disconnected us from the cosmic collective. And now our goal is to be to try to reconnect, to try to he- finally heal and reconnect to the cosmic collective. That, that should be our highest goal at this point in time.
0: Did you know that Harvard thinks they've found consciousness? That they pinpointed it in June of 2018. Harvard scientists think they've pinpointed the physical source of consciousness. Now, How's that going to change our direction to God? <laughs> so we're well, going to have know, to get into has, that.
2: There has to be a physical interface for the consciousness to, to manifest through us. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with that. Uh, I think that that relates to the bio-photon concept, right? That, uh, that, that this consciousness is made up of photonic energy. In other words, light. Not just light from outside, but this is light from inside, our inner light. And, you know, haven't, haven't, haven't religions used that particular analogy for millennia, that notion that there is an inner light, that the essence of who we are as spiritual beings is light. And uh, so even going back to, the, like, say, the Manichaeans, who were a uh, a Gnostic branch of Christianity, but were also kind of syncretistic, as I, as I talked about earlier. They Manichaeanism, Man- Manichaeism, blended a lot of different religions together, including including early Christianity in the second or third century. Sorry, third century AD, and, and But he talks about that whole idea that the essence of who we are is light, and the goal is ultimately to release the light. This universe in which we live is a blended universe, blending both darkness and light. And our goal should be to release the light from this universe, to return to the universe of light, of pure light. And, uh, And so Manny taught a lot about that, that concept and that idea that all life forms, plant and animal, all have within us this light energy and this light energy ultimately must be released, and in the in the end, when when the universe comes to an end, all of this light energy should return to the universe of light, and that was what Manny believed and taught. But uh, like I say, there's a lot of this same kind of ideas found in a lot of other religions of the world, including even Orthodox Christianity, talks about the light, the spirit, being having an essence of light. So. Uh, that that's an old concept, and yet now science is finally catching up, and finally realizing, yeah, there is the essence of consciousness it does come from life,
1: photonic energy.
0: Well, they found the AI, believe it or not. Isn't that funny how we call it artificial intelligence? But mm. uh, they had the ventral interior insula, and they call that the AI. <laughs> so, I think that's hilarious. They think yeah. they found the uh, part of our brain. You know, they took like 45 brain scans, but 24 of the people were like uh, comatose, and 12 weren't. And so, uh, 36 patients, 24 and 12. So, 12 of them were like comatose, unconscious. And, but 24 of those were due to the brainstem injury lesions. Right, they were defined as being conscious. So they mapped the brainstem, and they figured out that there's one particular part of the brain that had to maintain consciousness despite the, all their injuries while others had become comatose. So this is interesting. Why are some and some not comatose? I mean, all of us would want to know that, right? Because any of Mm -hmm. us could hit our head at any time, football injury, car injury. I've hit my head and had my throat cut open and my bones pulled out and somebody else's bones put in and steel rods in my neck, you know. But uh, I guess I'm okay. (laughs) They checked me on many MRIs although now that I'm studying with the Andrews Institute, I've got all of my MRIs set up here. But, you know, how do we link ourselves together to consciousness? And is our consciousness connected to source, which I would suggest that there's much of us that we haven't even developed or known about, and we're just looking in neurology, as to where is our consciousness. Now, that doesn't mean to say they know source yet or God, or even how to put the soul into the baby when the baby is born or the body physical is born. But I've always wondered mm-hmm. about when they said they were putting some of my relatives into a comatose state because I had been comatose. I didn't like mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't, I felt deep in my brain that I could still hear people. I just couldn't yeah. wake up or see them. So yeah. I could still hear them, and I knew I was still alive. But I was so deep in my pain or physical origin that I, I, you know, I've had many levels of existence. So, but will you study that to to keep up with that thread in neurology? Uh, you can go to Sincere Alert. Harvard scientists think they have pinpointed the neural source of consciousness because we study consciousness a lot the human connect to me project <laughs> like connect to me is <laughs> yeah. spelled the same way so just yeah. remember that and and look up consciousness cuz we're at that point where everything is coming forth now it's just that time seemed to have started with 2017 moving forward about we're going to we're going to know more scientifically about who we are and what we are through the physical reality which i'm finding Sort of spooky, really. You know, we're always getting smarter and smarter, but it's like God wants to know more about us as separate but an individual and how we act. We're all little tiny, tiny, tiny little things when you get up off the planet. Each human, just a little cell, right? But each little mm-hmm. cell acts and operates separately from each other. Each person has their own ideas of what their thoughts are. And actually, actually, everything's a thought. In what thoughts do you want to share? So back to you. What do you, you know, the thoughts that we share in our opened walk, we all have our own spiritual path, or at least that's the way we talk now. You know, in words, we separate ourselves. So how do you feel? Do you feel like you're just a, a drop in the ocean of consciousness with everybody else? Well, yeah, I
2: guess, in that uh, speaking, we are each of us a drop in an ocean, and uh, you know, we also each of us like reflect that source. So, you know, in, in the Bible, where it talks about that uh, that we were made in God's image, I see that not as relating to our physical appearance, but relating to this aspect of our consciousness. We reflect the cosmic consciousness. In our own mind. And so that's the way that we
0: are each like source. And, the life, and his like consciousness, life. soul. You life. know, when we left, when I left, I took my thoughts with me. So I wondered if because I knew I was in my body, laying there, sunk down in my head, and I could still know I was in this reality, it's different then when i dream and then when i lucid dream and i know i'm somewhere in another place it's like god is everywhere but god's right here when we don't think linear not forward and back but we're all right here being here now because that's linear thinking that like the past is behind us and the future's in front of us but it's really like a rubber band in a circle that comes right back to everything And if everything, Mm -hmm. if God is everything, then God is everywhere, and that's us too. And I just feel like I'm just a tiny little spark or a tiny little corpuscle or a little piece of DNA or a little bitty spot, and we're vibrating. You know, we're not really thick. We're not really, you know, everything that we see is not uh, exactly what we see. Everything can be broken down into little bitty tiny 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 smaller than our and our atoms and now we've got quarks and biocarks and all of that but it makes me wonder if what part of gravity holds us together in a body it is sort mm-hmm. of spooky when you get into quantum physics and study <laughs> every little mm-hmm. every little thing How, it, have you ever thought about that what holds you in your body and it, mm-hmm. you know we talk about the aura and it's outside of our physical body but what well, makes us each individual if it's not some the, grand design?
2: Among the belief systems I've examined, there's this idea that each of us have our own magnetic field, like the planet, like the planet Earth has its own magnetic field, like like pretty much all bodies in space have magnetic fields or, or are used to. So in some cases, the magnetic fields are kind of fractured, like in the, place, like the case of Mars, for instance but it still does have areas of magnetic field, but it's not, the entire planet is not surrounded like the earth is. And in fact, the shape of that magnetic field of the earth is basically that, what they call a torus a donut shape, which surrounds the earth. And uh, so imagine the earth is in the hole of the donut and the donut is then around us. Well, roughly speaking, that's the case. And, uh, and so the same would be true of our magnetic field. It's still a toroidal shape with uh, our spine coming up through the middle of that donut. And, and then the energies flow around and down and up and around and and, and, and form that, that donut torus shape around us. When a person's emotional state is very chaotic when they're depressed or not... Uh, not not right with the world, their magnetic field gets all chaotic, and the sh- the per the shape the torus shape kind of breaks down, and that all just becomes these random energy flows that uh, are seemingly random anyway. That, that they don't work very well. So you get you have to get those chakras lined up. You got to get those energies flowing properly, and then you've got your nice perfect toroidal shape of a magnetic field. And that magnetic field, I believe, is what essentially contains us within our bodies. And when we die, the magnetic field that surrounds us like this, that essentially surrounds our aura, that field breaks up, ruptures, so to speak. It opens up, and then our essence of being, the photonic energy that is our essence, leaves our body uh, forever. And uh, or in some cases, when when you have your your near death experience, you might leave for a time and then come back. In that case, I don't think the magnetic field really ruptured. It was a more like a temporary trip out of the body, and uh, for whatever reason, the universe knew you had to come back. I know you've had that experience. You want to tell that? Yeah. The, 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 the,
0: Well, I died several times and left my body, especially uh, during childbirth and lost all the blood in my body. And lately, the little girl I had, she's going to be, well, she's fighting for her life because she's not making plasma cells and blood cells. And so uh, our white plasma, we need white, red, and plasma in our body, okay? So we all have... You know, a billion, uh, what, what do they say? They say 1,000 1, million billion cells. Y'all can look that up. It's like uh, 12 zeros plus the one cells, they say, that we have in our body. But what I'm learning about life is she's fighting to keep her self in her physical reality and she has to fight really hard and go through a lot of pain and Putting blood in white—it's really terrible for the last two and a half years how she's had to live, just because of her cells they differentiate. So I'm doing my best to learn more about the physical reality, not so much the spiritual right now, because she needs her physical. And they said she's going to melt like jelly, and she's her brain will go, and her blood she'll bleed out her eyes and her ears. It's not a good thing with this leukemia fourth stage, but. Every person uh, has to have cells, and now that she's had a bone marrow transplant from her son, it turned her hair darker, her skin darker because she has black hair and black. She did, but not it was gone white and it came back dark black. Her hair changed. Uh, so the cells in your body, when you put different, it was somebody else, her son's cells. It was fifty percent her put it back in her tissue, but it still didn't heal her, uh, didn't kill all the two t- cells in her bone because uh, we have to have blood to make oxygen in our tissues. And uh, they call it epithelial tissue, protects the body and the organs, the, the outer layer, the skin, okay? And then I watched her skin peel off in her mouth, and uh, it was terrible. Uh, being with my daughter, watching her just melt and no defenses so she doesn't have an immune system. And there are nerve cells that carry from the the nerve cells. I, I wish everybody will learn about yourselves and how your human biology works because it's so important. We take it for granted, and the nerve cells carry the messages from the brain to the rest of your body by sending electrical impulses so if you don't know how the body works please learn and then after you know the the nerve cell carries all the electrical pulses that makes to the muscles contract and breathe and, and contract and breathe and you're beating your heart okay it's even down to wiggling your toes a lot of people when the nerves are cut they can't do that anymore but the muscle tissues, uh, they move up the muscles and cells contract. They're short, and they you know—they relax, and they, they're short, and our muscles. But we can learn about our connective tissue, the insulation. But all that is on my mind daily now, which I didn't have to think about that. But I saw everybody die around me because I didn't really understand, even though I was a hospital corpsman in the medical field. But I don't know. Organs have two types of tissue that work together, and uh, these systems we need to really be aware of to perform larger tasks. But when, uh, I don't know everybody knows this, but the first thing that goes in your mouth and your throat and down to your stomach, your large and small intestine, your liver and your pancreas, all that, it's your digestive system, and it, it goes first when you've got cancer and when they kill you on the inside with chemotherapy. It just eats it up. That thin mucousy layer that protects you goes away. They can't even eat, so I'll live three, four months with people, and some of them are dead now. But one of the gentlemen we had on here, if y'all may remember, he's already passed. Uh, a lot of the people that I know are dying so quickly, There's consequences to not taking care of yourself or being around something you may catch. And so cancer is really, really, really in just about everything. We're eating plastic these days and a lot of things. But uh, the serious consequences of leaving your body and coming back, my body was still able to keep me. And I was able to come back to the same vessel. And uh, now I've always had hypertension since I was in the Navy. And I had already gone through one divorce with my first husband, and I was going. I married a little while, and then I got uh, married in the in the Navy. All my husbands were, believe it or not, like GS 11 or 13, uh, something like that, engineer or uh, in in uniform in the Navy. But uh, they put me in a medical uniform, but I was also in security and intelligence. But I never, I was young. You know, I was in my early 30s. So, Bill, I didn't take life seriously, even though I died. I mean, I knew I died and I i, I was different and I appreciated life more. But, you know, things like that happen. You still, oh, you just come back in your body and you keep going, right? Your body's working with you. You don't have to think about breathing. You know, you don't have to think about walking and all that, but I did have to learn to walk and talk again in the second grade and then again uh, at 23 when I had GG, And then later on when Tom died, I collapsed, and they said I died again. Uh, I said I died 10-10-10. I had some kind of just had, had to leave my body. And once when I saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I thought I was dying. Because I think it touched so close to home with the my belief system, and they said a lot of people came to the hospital hyperventilating. <laughs> but right now, the immune system is terribly important, and Gigi doesn't have one. So you know, for to fight off infection, so your body, your body makes certain organisms that you know enter and live in you in your in your body, and uh, it fights off organisms. So. Most of us don't even think about how we you know, cohabitate with bacteria. <laughs> so oh. all this is on my mind daily, folks. If you wonder why, you know, I'm not doing more radio shows. We have uh things we have to talk about and now T cells and B cells, microphages and T cells, they they'll just attack the infection usually. They called you know, like and they produce antibodies. And my daughter can't do any of that and uh I don't know if you think about how good we really are, but how how we stay in our bodies is very, very important. So, uh, you know, people would say I've got hypertension, but I've had it since high stress. Stress can cause all kind of weird things to happen to you. So, Bill, try to keep an open mind. And so this is very important to me to think don't smoke, don't do alcohol. You know, don't do street drugs, meaning, you know, if you can't <laughs> this eat, you can have an eating disorder. You know, these have effects on your body. And that's why I think they were called sins, things that you do that are sin, because sins can cause death. Anything you do that's harmful to yourself, you know, they, they call it spiritually that they're sins to death. There's all kind of ways to harm yourself and others, and we don't want to do that. But staying in the body, that I don't know about that magnetic field, but I do know that I studied it many, many years and, uh, you know, wrote about it and put it in books that I have. But how to help people that really need it every day now, if you have to be around these people, these people that are really sick and can't heal themselves and you feel helpless. And I know there's a lot of people out there. And Bill, you're a caregiver. You know what I mean? So, but your mother was older, right? But she just yeah. passed before your eyes, like Tom passed before mine. So, uh, I think an open walk. We need to we need to discover more about how we stay in our bodies, especially when our bodies don't want us there or fighting us, like my daughter with full blown stage four leukemia, and her body won't doesn't want her in there. You know, There's, they say there's treatment for cancer, leukemia, lymphoma, breast cancer, Hodgkin's disease, and all of that. And they have advanced vaccines for HIV and AIDS, but do they? Because nothing is working. A lot of people, their body just is trying to get rid of them. So I don't know how to what to tell people about me coming back in my body, but it's a true story. So I understand the various thought processes, but is conscious... I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to stay in my body if I was brain dead, but right. maybe that's when the body—the body—is still saying, "Okay, well, we're okay," but your brain's not okay. So they—they'll say you're dead if your brain is dead and your body's living. So they can still have beating hearts and keep your body alive until they tear out the parts and put them into somebody else. So. I don't know. You tell me. You know, we're we're in a body, you're, and we're talking about magnetic a magnetic hold on our conscious or our soul. You know, you can. It, it depends on each individual. But what is the general? We talk in general. Is that what we do, Bill, about our role in life? Help me yeah,
2: out here. Yeah, we do, um, and, and like I can say this whole idea of the uh, magnetic field is is kind of like an aspect of that design process we were talking about earlier. This is the way it's designed. And uh, maybe, you know, it's a theory at this point, you know, and I, uh, as I hold with the open walk is that I'm open to the possibility, but I'm I'm not going to say with certainty that that's exactly how it is. I, I, I hold that there are other possibilities too. And as long as we haven't, Completely figured it out, and then all these other possibilities are just as possible. So to believe yeah. a thing is, so, and to believe a thing is so, are two very different things.
0: Well, and, what I'm learning uh, about all these people dying when they all have the same cancer. It depends on um, you know in the in the medical world, they go by their age or if they're a good candidate for a trial to test a new drug, and a bunch of them just came out were approved. In 2017, that's you know my daughter's trying Viclaxon. You know, anybody else in the it gets shots in her stomach every day, uh, and it's like you see the nuclear sign on the bags, and it's going in her. She's literally walking around nuclear with her hair falling out, and but not able to eat. It's 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 a terrible way to live, but it's keeping her alive. So there's medical, and some of the doctors say the Navy and military and the Army, they have better things to treat leukemia than the general public. And, you know, the government gets the best of care in uh, biomedical research, medicine research, right, science Mm -hmm. and the drug Mm -hmm. development process. And then he's saying, well, I, I cured three people in the military, but I don't have what I need here, you know, in the hospital with my daughter. And she has uh, Humana insurance, you know, so we have to fight every day to call them and get special permission to treat her because we're trying to keep her alive with all these things that maybe it'll keep the body going, but keep trying to keep her spirit in her body. So I don't know about all this stuff, you know. It makes you wonder about everything you're taught when... All these people are dying and they're all equal or they all have the same – some are older, some are younger. They look at your body and your age and what you do to it. So people, if you're smoking, quit because you never know what you're going to get. And you may be – if you smoke 10 or 20 years, you may get kicked out of something you may need medically you know (laughs) and they they don't like people to have straight street drugs in their body you know so it's you you learn you're a candidate for something that you may need later and uh it causes extra symptoms you know and disease and all that but while you're here in human form we're going to do our best to do i guess bill try to keep an open mind right but keep a healthy mind if you can (laughs) Open and open mind and a healthy mind. So on the open mind, let's say, okay, so we don't know really nobody really knows what they are. Their ego talks, you know, we put we think we know or we do our own study Mm -hmm. or we have our own experiences. But do we really know? Can we really keep ourselves in our body? Can we really take ourselves and die and come back without some divine connection? I say no. I I think that – I would like to say I know because I've left my body on many occasions, but I've also been unconscious, and I've sunk back in my brain, and I've seen – I felt trapped inside my brain. I could see I had a conscious that fell back in my brain, and I was just swimming in my brain uh, parts and had conscious mm-hmm. thought, and it, and I didn't ever want to go there. I felt like I was in prison as a child mm-hmm. because I couldn't get out of my brain, but I could see inside my brain. It was so terrible. Mm-hmm. My body was laying there. I could feel my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is a consciousness to our soul. Mm-hmm. Bill, what kind of feeling have you had? Have you ever been caught in that a deep consciousness or where you couldn't get out of your body, but you couldn't wake up either?
2: Right, yeah, there's been those times I've had that experience they call sleep paralysis where you just you can't move, but you're fully conscious and you can't move. It's uh it can be terrifying actually. But uh you know, as you talked about that your experience with coma, it made me think of a poem that I wrote a number of years ago, which I called Gusts of Prophetic Wind. And it, it's basically written from the point of view of someone who's in a coma.
0: And now not uh, not being the sleep paralysis, though. That's different, yeah. right? That's like people say when they're sleeping, but they're frozen. And and we may can yeah. find out what causes that nervous system. But mine was I was so sick with diarrhea, throwing up, like I had had hepatitis. And had already gotten sick, and then the next year, brought home, and I was laying there. And I was so sick, and my mother and aunt were up over me, but I was in and out of my body traveling. But I, I, I knew I had to stay in my body, but I sunk back unconscious, but I could see inside, swimming inside my brain, like figure eights and going around in knots and traveling. And, and I felt my spirit. It was like a, a just inside my brain. And that's what one of the doctors told me. That's impossible. How could you do that? He'd never heard of anybody, but that's what it felt like. So I don't know what that's called, but I'd like to mm-hmm. help find out what that is. And then, so what are you talking about? Now, sleep paralysis is one level of consciousness yeah. or mm-hmm. being stuck. Right. And that, that exactly an is mind. you come out, you come
2: back out of it. Eventually it's, it's not something that gets you stuck permanently, but, but, but and the, then, the
1: state
2: you go were ahead talking, the, you know what you were talking about, like, yeah, it sounds more like a kind of comatose state or something similar to that, and, and you know yeah i I've experienced a coma, I don't really know what it's like, but I've got this this poem, like I said, and a lot of people who've read it, they said they thought i really pegged it. it sounded very much like a description of someone in a coma, so if you like of it, someone I'll read in a it coma.
0: Right. Well, let's yeah. see. Let's see if anybody else cuz each human's mind is different. I've learned that because the doctors will say they can take people so far that it's up to they they, they can't really say it's up to God, but they you know, it, it you can tell that's what they mean that it's it, they'll just say each person is different. You know, and right. they don't know what's going to happen to them. like my they they thought my daughter with pneumonia and 105 degree just a few weeks ago, uh, was going to die. And they started snoring her out with morphine. Yeah, it was terrible. To, and we called in everybody. And then she prayed and brought herself back. So that's what faith can do for you.
1: <laughs> but go
0: ahead. Let's hear what you got. Okay. Encircled in darkness, I despair.
2: The dimness penetrates deep within me. Yes, in the distance since I catch a peripheral glimpse of a light. It's not like a far-off point of light, but a general ambient glare that penetrates the darkness. It is as if I'm locked within a luminous cloud of red-amber gas and dark-gray dust. It refuses to clear and leaves everything blurred. I hear the mumblings of an old prophet. I almost knew, know him, yet not. He's waiting at the gate, his gusts of prophetic wind blow mercilessly, but I can't quite make out what he is saying. It seems as if I should think his words important, but they avoid my ears unheeded. The vague form of a face emerges from the void. I reach to focus, but only the shrouds of a death mask connect with my enveloped eyes. Their indistinct contours tumble and grow almost into view before broiling back away from my afflicted sight. Adrift in an uneasy haze, I stretch my mind to the utter reaches of the abyss and find nothing to greet me there. Weariness weighs heavy on my soul, and I know not why. The despondency of apathy envelops me, It leaves me unable to grasp any given moment, obscuring every instant into one another. I long for a clarity I scarcely remember and wonder, will it it ever return? Did it ever really exist, or was it an illusion, even when I thought I once had it? That's it.
0: Now, you left off at, at a delusion or illusion?
2: Illusion. It was Did it illusion? ever, or was it an illusion, given even when I thought I was at it? Yeah, that's the last line. But yeah, uh, in many ways, I think it, it describes that kind of uneasy, trapped kind of place, similar to what you described.
0: Yeah, a lot of people feel differently and about themselves and others. And then I'm learning about the genetics in the Human Genome Project and the genes that we have and the meiosis and mitosis that happens. And that's a whole other thing of how you learn about disease and diagnosis. But just staying in the body, folks, be proactive. But at the same time, it's like people want to know how to get closer to source. And, you know, while we're here, maybe that's not our our mission, or maybe it is. And would you say that world religions feel like they should be finding a connection to source direct? Because, you know, the Catholic Church especially always thought you had to go through a priest to get to God. Yeah. So we pretty much, worldly religions, do we, uh, the majority think it's okay to go direct to source, to God? Now, well, do you so- think... In, in the Protestant
2: denominations of Christianity, do we find that as a concept uh, that idea of having a personal relationship with God? So that certainly is a feature that a lot of people uh, talk about, and uh, and I think that is ultimately what we what we need to try to do is to make it personal, to find that connection somehow to source and. Uh, Revel in that connection, not, not just uh, not just have it, but experience it. And uh, that's not always easy to do. But I think to a combination of both prayer and meditation. You know, it, the interesting thing about those two things is that they're not the same, but they have similarities. In the case of prayer, it's where you're talking to God. In the case of meditation, it's where you're listening. And, and some uh,
0: people say meditation is just being empty, but they say be still and know. But, yeah. you know, folks, every person will tell you something different. It depends yeah. on how they have an understanding. But communicating what you believe you know and understand, that's a totally different animal or whatever you want to say a word. We have a team that I'm trying to build with communications in Americans, because my government, I'm, I live in America. So I've had other people speaking to me, especially in Spanish and Italian, through social media free. And they want to know me or think I'm pretty or smart or yeah. spiritual. But, you know, uh, a lot of them because I'm interested in uh, paranormal, extraterrestrial, UFO topics. And um, I'm trying to help people around the world find out more information they want to know me and that's wonderful and great but the people that I'm choosing are people that make healthy choices that I I don't I, I choose to be around people that don't smoke but yet my daughters smoke three out of four daughters smoke which their father smoked I don't know if it's in the genes or not but I do know that he always from the time he was in high school, he used to come smoke behind my house in the neighborhood. So that's not good. So you know, because finally they took most of them. They're still out there because my kids get them all the time. But make healthy choices is is part of the open walk and the healthy walk. And it's just on my mind now, folks. So I'm just letting you know. You know, have a healthy body and do what you can to sleep regularly and eat regularly and exercise regularly. Don't smoke, please. Try not to do alcohol. Wear sunscreen because our skin, you know, it really is different out there, the sun. So don't abuse drugs, you know, whatever your doctor says. or Even if you get prescribed, don't abuse those. And it says practice good hygiene, you know, as part of our life. Eat nutritious foods and don't use steroids. (laughs) But there's so much to do for your physical body. But what about our inside spirit? Now, open walk means not just do what's right for your physical body, but what do you put in your mind? What's your mind food? What's your manna? Mm -hmm. What's your God source? What comes from source? What do you fill your body with? If You keep your vessel clean, and you're doing everything you can to sleep right and eat right. You have to make so much in this world to put your food on the table. But, you know, manna from heaven or manna from heaven, and the things that uh, we have the food of uh, spirit. And I think Bill's written the open walk because there's something in him that wanted to share as an author a way that maybe the a self help book. But you said it was your philosophy book. How did because folks we'd encourage you as authors to be the author of your own life story. And even my friend Janet sent me an email today want to know if she wants to get back with me and she wants to figure out how we're going to be together, what are we going to do together and how do you, how, how are we going to do this? You know, how are we going to learn about each other and be with each other through cyberspace because she lives in Hawaii and I live in Florida. You know, we have technology now, so science technology and I'm working with engineers and she is now engineers. There's biomedical research and People like Bill that write these books. So, Bill, tell me again. It, it's a self-help and philosophy. Is this just good writing and communication on your part? Talk to me yeah. about this open yeah. walk.
2: You're right that it is kind of a self-help. It is, and kind of uh, I also refer to it as a guidebook to the awakening age. It's it's something that can kind of help people along on this open walk, and. uh and, I think this uh, paragraph that I'm about to read sums it up pretty well. The open water is an an ideology that embraces change over time, fully accepting refinements as new information comes to life. The willingness to refine uh, stands as central to the approach of understanding face change without fear. Fear of change will never serve the seeker's quest. If you fear change, you will always live in fear. Once change is, or uh, since change is indeed constant, uh, constant, embrace the flux that defines our reality. The late and edified Dr. Wayne Dyer suggested that each of us should have, and here's a quote, a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. Apply that sensitivity to your spiritual quest, and you will naturally be on the open walk. So I think that's important: is that the open walk is an ongoing process. You you can't just do it for a while and then say I've I've completed my task because that's that goes against what the very open walk itself is. You you have to constantly be open.
0: If you could help yeah. people have an open mind and not think they know it all, how, you know, we need people in biomedical research, medicine, and and my friends are journalists and we use APA, American Psychological Association, for writers and journal. I'm a member of this a senior member of the Society of Professional Journalists. But people, if you want to write books, uh, we have a publication man- manual for the American Psychological Association. And how we write, and uh, we'd love to have you work with us and learn uh, how to cover speaking and writing, and there's rules, and people like to know that we do this properly, so uh, American Psychological Association is a good book uh, for writing and reference, and uh, we invite you to write a book like Bill and have monthly meetings at a, a bookstore such as Books A Million or Barnes & Noble. Which one do you meet at for us, uh, Bill, monthly? Where do you Barnes, meet? Books A Million? Barnes & Noble. Oh, Barnes & Noble. Noble. Okay. Good old Barnes and & Noble. And do uh, you have it on a certain day of the week? Give people an idea, because we have meet oh. and greet gatherings. I have a meeting once a month,
2: second Friday of the
0: month. That's the way it is right now.
2: It's changed over time, but typically once a month, this is our our schedule.
1: And uh, Well, how do you
0: tell people to take action in their lives? Because, you know, at least if they think they know something in their own mind, or they have beliefs thoroughly ingrained in their own, own mind about economy or nature or uh, abundance or extinction... Or if they think they're trying to help others, how do they take action in our group, Bill? Because you've been with me since 20 20- – you listen to my radio show, so we use this as a communication. And then we can help them get their thoughts together to maybe write a book. And that's the first step to getting out there and helping others if you can't do anything else is yeah. get a, you know, have a meeting once a month with other writers at a bookstore if you have one or anywhere. You can have a meet and greet. And we can help you advertise and find people or kindred spirits so you're not alone. We find that most people that are open-minded that want to take action, the, the first thing you do is go find people of kindred spirits That's and uh, find people to uh, converse with. Because we know that on the planet that many of the people that have wound up doing very, very terrible things felt alone. Separate from some source and from God and from individuals, they had no social skills, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, so, you know what I'm talking about. Some of the worst mm, people that killed people—they had right. separated themselves from life, and some of them even were good church people, but they got oh. lost in the dogma, or they got—they took the opposite mm-hmm. understanding of what. You know, being with others and and being connected to source meant, and they changed it all around and got it all twisted in their mental. So, you know, we want to help people.
2: people. Go ahead. uh, Last week, I, I mentioned what I have identified as the six pitfalls. Those are the kind of things you're talking about. This is what trips people up when they fall into the pitfall. And, um, The idealization problem is the first of those. And we talked about that some last week. We didn't get a chance to actually talk about the other one, like the uh, exclusivity trap.
1: This
2: is the second of the the pitfalls. And that's one I, I see a lot of people tripped up by. The whole idea that, yeah, our religion is it. All the other religions of the world are false. Only this one religion is the true religion, and that is a terrible trap to find yourself in. And once you're in there, it's it's a it's a tough place to get out of. Think of it like a big hole, and you're down in the bottom of that hole, a pit.
0: And that's the name, pitfall. Um, I'm the, the only other, way. You have to believe me, and my but, way, and my way is the only way or the highway. You know, my I'm the only one that knows what's going on. I'm the only one that has the, and that's where they fall deep into their un. Their, it's a delusion that they are the only one with the only way, and the only likes and dislikes, and they're the only important one that knows because they experience this, that, and the other. And you can't do that, folks. You have to keep a very open mind. <laughs> And know that everybody feels the same way inside somewhere that they know they want to be right. They want to Mm -hmm. know that their thinking is right with the all. And if they start doing that and separating themselves from reality and the consensus and understanding a general reality, that can make you very ill. And uh, I've seen a lot of people with a psychosis and a delusion. That they are the only way, the truth, and the light, and their way is the only way. But now you're saying that if you separate yourself with all these people, that if you can find people, believe it or not, and, and convince them to believe exactly like you. So and we right. know that we know That's that people good. do that, and have created so many church or groups. Because farmers, especially, what else did they have? They didn't have all the f- fancy things to go do. They believed in you get up with the sun and you go to bed with the, well, dark, you know, when the sun goes down. And, then you you know, you work your farm so you can eat and take care of yourself. And then you get up the next day and do the same thing. But they pretty much believed in this country that on Sundays they didn't work. They went down and they socialized and had you know dinners outside the churches. I know because I lived out in the country for 20 years, and I saw all these churches around all the coal mines in Kentucky, and there was like little churches. And most of the cities traveling the United States, there are more little churches than anything else. And that's because that used to be all they did. They didn't have televisions. They didn't have radio. <laughs> they didn't have you know even some of the, the the churches were the schools for the children. So it used mm-hmm. to be the the churches were everything. They were the social, social club, as my husband said. He told me growing up they were because his father was a preacher. They were social clubs, but that proves that even back then we needed so something besides work and sleep. To me, that we had to come together, build a barn or go to church.
1: <laughs> then we started
0: having all the little cities that some could do bartering, like with the Indians, right? and we'd barter for beads or they'd barter for alcohol i guess i don't know who started that the uh, egyptians i guess but anyway we've come a long way since those days but the basics are we need we need comfort we need to be accepted by each other by those outside we need validation and we've learned to do this even in cyberspace so bill does, do you have anything in there about cyberspace and or, how, to, how is this good enough? Because I, my children are texting and getting in arguments and stuff. I shouldn't keep referring to my own family, but that's what's going on with me now at 67 with children in their 40s. But, you know, they get mad at each other and they come back, and I told them, stop texting. And I told them, I hate texting. Now, people, I was raised by educators. You know, my mother was an educator, and her mother was an educator, and her mother was an educator. And all the way up into New York, into the original, my, you know, my great-grandmother was on the school board in New York City, okay?
1: <laughs>
0: so we've got history back to, you know, making of America. But the thing is, you know, you can only... Learn so much, but you still need people, and and I'm not happy with my family because we have problems. But you know what? Every problem, when you're working with somebody outside yourself, you're going to have problems. That's Absolutely. that's what I've learned because we don't all agree. We just don't. Each human with another human, and oh my gosh, it's hard to be on here, and, and people believe God's not going to come come back again in, in some of the people's minds until we all agree <laughs> that we all need to be saved. That's one of the one of the things I hear a lot, you know, that until we all realize that we're all sent here and we're not perfect. In other words, we are not source. Mm-hmm. We are not God. We're mm-hmm. just little drops in the ocean of God or we're just little pieces of God. But go ahead. What is this open walk? Keeping an open mind but still realize we need others?
2: Well, that's, that is indeed part of it. And, uh, and we need to look at a lot of different ideas. You know, if you only have your one religion that you were raised in and that's all you're ever willing to even look at, then you're never going to understand people of other religions. You You have to look at what they believe. You have to study everything, all the religions of the world, all the philosophies and schools of thought, belief systems, look at them all. Compare and contrast. And when you do that, you'll find what I call the three discoveries. The three discoveries are there will be differences, there will be similarities, and there will be commonalities. You're not going to find all everything in common. You're not going to find everything is different either. And you are going to find things that are just similar, but not quite the same. So you'll find all three of those. And it's how we greet those three discoveries that makes all the difference. You have to learn to appreciate the differences, comprehend the similarities, and focus on the commonalities. If we can do those three things with those three discoveries, then we can find harmony, even when we have beliefs that are radically different from one another. We can still find harmony if we can learn to appreciate those differences, comprehend the similarities, and focus on the commonalities.
0: So I think that's And have very you thought important. about, you know, people like each other and tend to flock together. They say birds of a feather flock together. How many people do you know that want to be with you in a group? Are you challenged because you're too different? And, it's, and we're all unique But there's an arrangement that we can make and have agreements with each other, even if we're hybrids, meaning the offspring of two other distinct species. But, you know, we can learn what is it that we can do together to make us better. If it's, you know, if it's not serving you, it can be a benefit or a burden. In each person, are you a benefit or are you a burden? If we're in service to others, you know, what are you doing? are you helping others really by complaining all the time? Do you, you know, are you just like, do you say you this and you that, and you don't do this and you don't do that? And people, if you want to get along with others, you really don't want to start pointing the finger and saying you. (laughs) Right, Bill? You don't like that, that, do you, Bill? You trying to tell you how to live. (laughs) You can suggest it. You can say I, if it was me, but Bill, do you have any people skills in communication, <laughs> the best way to, you, how to, if if if, how to win, win friends and influence people?
1: <laughs> as I was, as I was doing the uh,
2: the final edit on my book, I, I, I looked through and I found places where I used the word you, and that's when I realized, no, 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 that's accusative when you say you something. What, what, what I had to do was change all those to "we." Oh, you really
0: did edit your book. Oh, of course. Yeah, and
2: I had other people look at it, too. along with said, Take the Us out,
0: first of all.
2: I took the U's out and replaced them with we's, because we're all in this together. It's not just you and me, or you or me. It's, it's, it's we. It's all
0: of us. Boy, more and, families um, should know that it's a we. I, we're learning we are a family. I've noticed the kids smile. You say we. We can do this. Uh-huh. We are prophetic, right. or we are greater in number. We will survive if we treat our species, uh, or in each genus, a, a way to you know make sure that we have children that that will procreate and keep our bloodline alive, our genes alive. You know, and uh, a lot of people don't have children, and how do they? they their bloodline will gradually fade off. If there's no children to follow them, there's no generation to come after them. So what happens to those people? Do they just fade off of the earth? I think so. Unless their brothers or sisters have children. Go ahead. It's
2: important for those folks to to be creative. See, I've I've got no children. So it's part of the reason I am creative. I'm producing lots and lots of art. I'm producing this writing. I'll be remembered after I'm gone for what I've written and for the art I've produced. So while I haven't produced an offspring, I have produced something, something that will hopefully have some kind of an impact. It, you know, I hope it will have a positive one. That, that is my goal, <laughs> for the impact to be well, a positive positive music.
0: I was creating books and putting them in the internet and cyberspace, and I've learned that a lot of my websites, I've had probably 300, 400 websites in my lifetime, since, uh, you know, we went like towards 2000, but they get flattened. And so all the information we read in cyberspace, we think it's going to be there forever. It's not. You hear it's going away, or you hear that it's being kept forever. But really, is it? Because you have to get into the certain places in space, and even those will be flattened. So, you know, if we don't pay the money and keep our websites up and play for the storage at which cost? It just gets, it goes away. It falls off. I've had a lot yeah. of things just deleted. You know, you become deleted, like people. So the knowledge yeah. and the news yeah. out there, and and that's back sort of then, scary. Even our artwork. In, it, go ahead. Yeah.
2: Back in 2007, Maybe. I started publishing stuff online at a website called Tryon. And uh, Tryon was around, you know, around for quite a while, but they ultimately uh, went out of business. And when they did, all the articles and all my articles that I had published online with them, like you say, it all just disappeared. It all went away, and I was it was very disappointing because you know it was actually a small source of income for me. They uh, <clears throat> they were a a site that that did what they call a pay per click. So for every time somebody would click on the article and look at it, they would give me a percentage of the advertising revenue that was on the advertisements that were on that page. So uh, there was one of my images of the name Psychedelic Dude that was, as the name suggests, a very psychedelic image, one of my fractal images. And uh, it, it was just incredibly popular. It had reached a point where... You do a Google search on that name, it was the first thing, the first link that would come up. So, uh, so it, was, it was good. It was actually making me some money. But now it's not. So uh, I need to find another site like Tryon and start getting more stuff back out there. But all those articles, I had several articles I wrote. Several of them I actually converted into chapters. And this book, Wilton Walk*, has some of those as chapters. In a future book that I'm writing, I'm actually working on more than one future book right now, so it may take a while since I'm kind of dividing my energies between multiple projects. Uh, but uh, one of them is about the cosmic collective consciousness. So I wrote a whole series of articles about that. And all of them together actually makes a book, all those articles together, but I am going to have to expand upon it and kind of update it based on new information. Because after all, like I said about the open walk, as new information comes to light, you have to go back and refine your theories and your ideas. Because sometimes those, uh, those new, that new information will actually contradict your theory. And you, if you ignore that new information and, and say, "No, nope, I'm going to go with my theory, come, you know, whatever, then that stubbornness does not serve you. And that takes away the purity from the process. You know, we talked about that, I think, in in the last show, about the kathari gnosis process, and that is simply Greek words for purified knowledge of the infinite, or knowledge of the source. So, kathari meaning purified, and gnosis meaning knowledge of God, or knowledge of the universe, or the infinite. So, uh, when you when you go through that process, you're seeking to purify your understanding. You're seeking to purify your enlightenment. And it's an ongoing process because so every, every now and then you're going to get some new information you didn't have before, and you're going to look at that, oh, and say, you know what? That means I might have to make some, some minor revisions to the view I've had because of this new information. So you've got to stay open. And if you if you don't, if you close it off then you're no longer doing the open walk, then you're doing the closed walk. And that I have definitions for both of those. The open walk and the closed walk. And you want to get away from the closed walk and you want to go with that open walk. That's that's the best way. You
0: As an individual I'll, we're all closed with our information in our closed mind. We're protected right now, but it's sort of like people don't understand Creative Commons license And those that are copyrighted By law in the United States It's like with inventors They know if they're in the United States They're owned by the United States They can't invent Outside or for another country And uh, it, Project Gutenberg Is open But they uh, put open uh, Well such as the book on Charles Darwin It's free On the org. Un- updated uh, information, but you have to abide by those rules and the Gutenberg. But to protect uh, the mission promoting free distribution of electronic work so people can see it on the internet, they use a distribution. And I even see it on my WordPress that they offer uh, the Gutenberg project. You agree to comply with all the terms of the full project. And then that is a licensed trademark. So we have to start being uh, more intelligent about how we work in cyberspace and what we think is free, but it's only free to those that agree to the terms of service. And all this is changing constantly, and I'm learning a lot by educating myself in how we use words and how we use the Internet – and people don't really read their terms of service, but you may not really own your electronic works like you think you do. If you're putting them on, they're probably public domain, meaning you don't have a copyright. So you need to <laughs> you need to be smart about what you're doing out there all over the world, especially in the United States, if they're distributing for you in open works and the open walk and the open work, but open mind, but staying open to receive. And to learn, but be intelligent, too. It's just like your house. And mm-hmm. I help people with with websites, and I help people with writing. And I've had plenty of websites, but really no authors, because people mm-hmm. aren't willing to share their articles open source like you think they would. And uh, so I've had homes I've paid for years. That's why I shut down so many magazines, is the people... Didn't want to do the work, you know. They don't want to write their books. They don't want to write their articles, and yet I believe mm-hmm. people should read. And I come from a family like that. And then once you put it out there, there's the limited right replacement, or the open walk is like cr- Creative Commons. But now Bill at least made mm-hmm. a book, an electronic Sorry. book or a hard copy, and yeah, that copyright is probably under Amazon. But you didn't pay yeah. to put it through the. Uh, Library of Congress, did you? You went through Creative uh, Amazon, published it, like most independents. So they own the copyright. And the, uh, and they got the, uh, the, uh, what is it called? The ISBN number through them that's used in the, in the, actually, the libraries. But really, uh, now, if they own it for printing and publishing, they're the printer and publisher. Like I have an independent printer and Lulu. I use Lulu and Amazon, but they've gone to Kindle Publishing now. So there's but besides create CreateSpace. Mm-hmm. And if you bought it, then they own the ISBN number. Or you can pay $99 and own your own because they buy a bunch of them together, and they'll just sell it to you. And then you own your own copyright mm-hmm. on your own book. But these are... It's amazing how much stuff we don't know anymore, but printing has changed in public domain in the U.S. Copyright notices and all of that that are necessarily required in order to put up an e-book and uh, to have a paper edition. And and I like the paper edition because we're crossing over into a time when we used to be able to hold something and read it. And now the Kindles and all those electronic things. I saw today at a... uh, thrift store, uh, four or five, there about five of those, what do they call them? You read books, but the people that were selling them uh, at this nice, really nice store called Waterfront, they said they were like $15. And I said, well, why are they so cheap? They said, because they just re- it was for reading a book, but they can't even get on the internet. They're just books. Have you seen those? My mother had one but you had to buy the books mm-hmm. online to put them into the reader. You know what I'm talking about? Well, uh, they're a little screen. Yeah,
2: it's like a like a Kindle Fire kind of thing.
0: Yeah, they're yeah, exactly exactly what they were Kindle Fires.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, I have one of those.
0: So, so how, what do you do with it? You can't get online to read a book or you can or you have to buy the book and then put it in the in the tablet?
2: yeah yeah if you're a member of um uh, i' forget what it's called uh the kindle prime i think then uh, then you can get quite quite a large number of books for free of charge you, you pay a uh i think an annual uh fee to be able to be a member of that and then there's a whole lot of these books available to you that you can
0: uh, download and and read on, on your on your device your your pad. Well, you they said you couldn't get online, so I guess you, how do you download it from that to your Kindle Fire? Isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah. So these are things that are they acted like they were going out of style? <laughs> yeah. Because they had oh, some gotten so been, many in.
2: It's been around a while. I got mine a long time ago, and and I was able to go to the internet with it at that time. I don't know if things are changing. Do you use it?
0: it? I you mean, you can get, but you had. To, it. I really So you haven't used, used, used yours either. Yeah. So they were a thing yeah. for a while to read books on, or e-books. And now people, can they read them on their phone now? Can they read your book on yeah. their phone? I believe they can. Uh, well, I've got books on... out there through Google, just yeah. free books. I gave them to Google a long time ago, folks. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find one. Ascension, what was it, Ascension Guide. Let me see they got some of mine that are just, if you go to Google, uh, what is it where you can do, let me try Google Books, but, you know, folks, the Open Walk, at one time, they asked me to put a lot of my books online free, and I did, and now occasionally I'll be looking up a word, and I've already written it, and then I'm the author. (laughs) It amazes me. Uh, Google Books, free downloads, so free Google Books, so you know, the open walk will even tell you where you can find free Google books. <laughs> you know, your book we digital books, uh my books are available just put in books by Teresa J. Morris if you're interested in metaphysics or cosmology or anything. Google Books digitized, uh, They did, they took a bunch of mine uh, back in the day, ten well let's see way back two thousand nine. So it's about it's been about ten years ago and put them in Google and uh, they did it during that project where they were putting hard copy or electronic books online. So there's a bunch of my books out there you can just get free. Now, uh, I have new books, but I'm like Bill. I put them into Amazon because in order to be uh, in our club, you pretty much have to write a book because uh, I started my club in uh, Myths and legends, and uh, going to events with folklorists and at a Smithsonian to help people learn about each other and to meet in groups at the county fair. And uh, we had Ace Folk Life, and this was based on p- collecting stories of people. Uh, so when you collect information. Uh, it was interesting to see how people lived and how they uh, had their own story and their own reality. And now here Bill is forming his own theology in Open Walk, and uh, we have the ACO Association Authors Book Club. And uh, the ACO Club is about you writing your own book. You are the author of your own life story. Now, Bill, if they wanted to write their story like you did, opened the Opened Walk by Bill M. Tracer. Now you you wrote your your just wrote everything down in Word, didn't you? Let's just give them a real quick way. You wrote it in Word, and then it's you thermal. you did a beta test, didn't you? You let friends read your book, five it's people, cool. a group, and uh, look for for uh, problems or typos or. Whatever, and then you you submit it resubmitted it for final publishing.
1: Right. And then
0: ordered copies, right? So yeah. But it's not very yours is really not expensive. You put a very in it wasn't really about the money, it was about getting the word out. But it's very inexpensive. But they can get the open walk by Bill M. Tracer on the on Amazon, right? Barnes and Noble. You just go to Amazon. And how much
1: I see
2: how you can go at, at Barnes and Noble. Go there and do an author search on my name, Bill M. Tracer. Especially if you do that on Amazon, it will show you all the different things I published. Okay, $14.99 for The Open Walk. Some uh, other books are a little less expensive because they're
0: smaller. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. You did good work. The Open Walk, Will the Internet Achieve Sentience, Tripping on Woodstock, and then with me, Teresa of Ascension, for those of you that would like to see a blended, that's interesting. That's up there. To Mars to stay, to Mars to die. And this is a nice picture. I see you've got a new one up there for Google Contacts. Freelance wow. artist and writer at Home Office Studio, attended Arkansas State, lives in Cordova, Tennessee, and Bill M. Tracer it came right up. It says for Google Contacts only you can see this result. But I like yeah. that nice beard. So when did you update this picture? I need it. Let me see if it'll let me get it. When uh, did you get this picture? Well, that was, nice. that
2: was a couple of years ago, I think. You know, but I don't look much I'm different
1: seeing. than that. You know,
0: <laughs> I look about the same. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah, S- it. set contact photo. Save as. Let me see if it'll let me save. Uh, Google contacts. Kind of, no, I don't want Bill M. Tracer. I'm going to see if it will let me. Sometimes it used to be a lot easier for people like me to save things as a publisher and a developer, but they've gotten really funny. Some things will you can copy and some things you can't. Let me see. if Bill M. Tracer. I'm giving the one with the beard, right? And uh, hopefully it's going to let me save it. But uh, it's in Google context. Now, folks, we are building a club of authors. And... Uh, ACO Club. I'm gonna put it, it says ACO Club. Everybody that's a friend of mine, like I said, is pretty much an author. We're the author of our own life story. And if you'd like to come and share your life, please let us know. If you'd like to, uh, uh, <laughs> I have people that ask me things all the de- all the time, and uh, we're doing American Communication Online, but we have ACO Association. And uh, different groups are getting together. And here's one that says, Hello Teresa Morris, we're beginning to launch content for your articles, your YouTube videos, and revolutionary events. Our entire event schedule for 2019 has been set, and each event created. I'm excited for the new year. Spirituality PTA mini-documentary. Well, that's only two. Surely that's more than that. But mine is going to be. I'm going to speak at January 12th. But if you'd like to join us, it says you can follow your YouTube and be along in our membership dashboard. But actually, Bill found where we're posting everything at A M American Commun- oh, O A M O and then American Communications Online. And I bought that company, uh, American Communications mm-hmm. Online, to be able to pay uh, well the bills really for all this. And I've put uh, this show is going straight on YouTube through speaker so you may see speaker with bill's face or my face and i have to change up every show so bill every week we got to have a different topic this one i put open to mine but i still want to put the open walk because bill i'm tracing in my name but uh we have uh we may have to go back and do that next book the, the ascension book or something but every week it needs to look different on youtube <laughs> So you may want to start getting some nice graphics up, Bill. <laughs> we need one a week, and a and a specialty because we're getting fancy here, folks. And we know that we'd like to have you guys with us as well. Uh, what's quantum physics and manifest physics and how they relate is an article that's being done, a portal to ascension, and they do beautiful artwork and all that. So we'd like to have a club of artists and authors and people that want to speak, event planners, and uh, a professional directory of people that we can trust. Because you know what? The more we're we're growing in cyberspace, it's harder and harder to find information. And Google's not going to be the only one. And Facebook's not going to be the only one. And people don't realize they're just giving away all their mana or all their energy and stuff out there. And we want to help people. So uh, think about being an author with your own life story. Think about your spiritual path and where you are now. And also, uh, you know, we're also helping with science, technology, energy, and math and engineering and bringing you together in uh, what we're doing in consciousness and uh, what you need in order to be healthier in integrative medicine and how we can all help each other. But you can go to the ACOassociation.com and see what part of the world and what part of reality you're in. And we also have the UFO Secret Space and UFO Association. So I'm going to offer administration and a place to keep our articles and our books for a while. I've been doing it for years and years. And I've got some uh, old, old uh, directories in my blog spot, and I can pull them up. But, Bill, uh, what's your next book? Are you working on it now for 2019? What What's your new passion for uh, uh, another spiritual path? Or what? What are you thinking about these days? Um, actually, I, I'm I'm
2: seriously looking at uh one of my books that I've, I've been working on for quite some time that uh is me more I guess uh, in alignment with with what you talk about uh, on some of your other shows about UFOs, about the strange and difficult to explain stuff of life or what some people call fortian or uh the
0: fringe kind of stuff. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, so <coughs> that's intriguing to me. I like the show Supernatural. The Dean, <laughs> these two brothers that go around and and look into all the strange and weird things or demons or whatever out there. You know, sort of a paranormal quest in life. But uh, you're writing. You know, we can always look in LinkedIn at people that produce shows. and are always looking for. Different things that they want to write and produce, but now we're going into video television, and there's so many networks out there for YouTube channels and putting it straight out there. So, you may want to be thinking about how you do uh, movie scores and how you, you know, people start with ideas and put them in a PowerPoint or a, in a book, and you see so many movies that they've taken from the book, right, Bill? So many were authors, weren't they? Bill oh, K. Did. <laughs> okay, yeah. So. Are you going to write something like uh, with, the one you were telling me about? The uh, maybe you can do it in episodes. You know, or think of them as like 125 pages or less. Do episodes like on Star Trek or something? But you mm-hmm. and uh, you were helping do some books from back. I guess they're in, in reality now, but it seems like they're from your past lives or for some other planet, right? Some sci-fi stuff.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. We've got our science fiction you know, that my friend David and I are writing together, and that uh, we, we'll certainly be continuing with that project. And hopefully next year we we get the first of those novels out. But as far as the nonfiction or speculative fiction or speculative nonfiction, excuse me, um, this uh, this stuff I I, I I want to call it um, reality is not what you think. That's the title. That's that's the proposed title at this point. And uh, in it, you know, I'm I'm going to be bringing back to life many articles that I had written back at Trion that I was telling you about. Like, for instance, uh, one of the chapters will be devoted to the so-called Fermi paradox, uh, which is a a paradox that uh, Enrique Fermi, a a nuclear physicist, who was one of uh, Stanton Freeman's teachers, we talked about that uh, recently, he he proposed, posed the question says, you know, like, okay, considering the size of the universe and considering how long it's been around, why aren't the extraterrestrials already here? And, of course, you know, the problem with that question is it assumes that they're not. But uh, uh, in the article, I'll I'll, I'll look at all the different possibilities, various theories about what I call problems with Fermi Paradox and possible solutions to those problems and uh then there'll be a chapter devoted to the disclosure movement and also what we call the self disclosure movement and then also things about extraterrestrials you what is it that forms the basis of them in our mind you know what what where does the idea even come from and are and a question about are u f o s actually of extraterrestrial origin or are they Possibly of Earth origin, or a combination of both. So we'll look at those ideas, and I think we've talked about the Brookings report. Also back in 1960, there was a, a report that the Brookings Institute put out to help the folks at NASA, giving them advice, I guess you might say, in which they actually proposed that if, when we go to the Moon, or when we go to other planets, solar system. We have a defined artifact, archaeological or whatever, that would suggest, you know, that something had been built there by extraterrestrials. That uh, they were proposing that it should be kept secret from the public. So uh, I talked about that and about how that that notion, that necessity, that the Brookings people felt, uh, was was a, a thing. I feel like that, that particular advice has become obsolete. People have become much more acclimated to the notion. I think we can handle it now. Uh, perhaps it's true that back in 1960, maybe we couldn't have handled it, but I think we can now. I think that that's not a, not a problem like the, uh, the War of the Worlds radio broadcast back in 1938. That was part of their basis, you know, that created a panic. The War of the Worlds, yeah. That particular broadcast was about them attacking the earth, so of course it created a panic. You know, if the information is released carefully, not in any way relating to an idea that they're attacking us, then I do believe that we can handle it with relative ease. You know, finding ancient archaeology on the moon, that's that shouldn't frighten anyone. That that should in fact excite people. It certainly would excite me. But, you know, i I see no problem, and there shouldn't be a problem with it, so I talk about those things in in the uh, in my chapter on Brookings report obsolete There's a lot of things going on here uh in this in this future book that uh
0: well, I like your idea of Fermi paradox, and he died back nineteen fifty four something I think when I was two or, two or three but the thing is uh, th- that word because it's after the Italian guy that did what did he discover Fermi uh, he, he was working. Do you remember?
2: He, he, was a, he was actually very instrumental in our in development of nuclear energy.
0: He, uh, oh, okay.
2: Part of, part of a team, you might say, who put together our first nuclear reactors. And unfortunately, uh, okay. back then, at that time, we didn't know just how much shielding was necessary. And he, among others was exposed to far too much radiation, and he ultimately died from cancer. But,
0: mm. uh, yeah. Right. Well, did we'll they, all... I want to ask you about, uh, you know, of course we only got a few minutes here. God, We've got five minutes or or less. So basically there's NASA's terrest- Terrestrial Planet Finder. So I still watch N- NASA and the Arecibo Radio Telescope. But our, what, how do they say that? Um, radio? Radio El- I Arecibo, anyway, folks. But, you know, the movie contact, <laughs> J- Jody yeah. Foster. But yeah, uh, there's great too. movies out there, and uh, let us know, if you will, uh, what you're interested in us uh, sharing in our group, and uh, you can join us and send your information to TJ Morris Agency. At gmail.com dot com because I'm helping people become better, or I would think are more productive as as entrepreneurs and uh, association dot com. Read the articles and bylaws for you know different things we have and and just let me know who you are and social media is out there free so we're discovering different ways to communicate with each other and uh, basically American communications online. is any way that you can communicate. Uh, online so i <laughs> made it real simple and ufos mm-hmm. aliens paranormal uh, phenomenology esotericism spirituality these are all big thoughts in various groups and people are chatting in face groups and i have ufo secret space be sure and join that we have the galaxy UFO com ufo association and i've got to get better at putting all these together and uh, making sure that you have a way. But most people are just free, 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 free social media, social media, and not reading much anymore. So we want to at least help our people. And some people that are into different um, tag words, niche genres, uh, ufology and spirituality are two big ones that we work together, metaphysics. And hopefully we're going to be having other things. I'm going to be speaking on UFOs and then uh, the – Portal, Stargate, and ET, Disclosure. Those are three separate things, or three things together. And so, uh, Bill, yeah, get you together some things you want to speak on and do your research and use the APA, American Psychological association publication manual you can pick up i've got the fifth edition i don't know what the newest one is i'll have to look it up on the internet but you know get back with me bill and weekly we'll get hopefully get this i want to grow this group of people so we can help them to at least do what we've done and and maybe find you in memphis and have your monthly you know help and we have some people that need to write books and they need help. Ken Johnston needs a beta group to check his latest book. He found a lot of uh, edit things that need to be checked. So we need to have our own, I guess, online beta group, you know, just send each other and help each other as a team. Uh, what do you think? You think we could do something like that to help people we like? Absolutely. There's a lot of tools available online to help write, write, young writers get
2: started. Even at Amazon, uh, well, what now used to be Create Space, but now it's all through Amazon Kindle, uh, they have what you would call templates of exactly uh, the structure, the, the components, the parts of, of a book. There's basically every book comes in three parts. The, the beginning is the, all of the before material, the stuff that comes ahead of the actual book, you know, like table of contents, acknowledgments, you know, title page, all that kind of stuff. Dedication is another one of those. And then you've got the main body, the main book itself. And then you have the after stuff, you know, which includes the bibliography, resources, you know, sources of your, your things you're quoting, that kind of stuff. And uh, various other little parts. Uh, and, of course, the last part of it being, you know, other things written by the same author. So all of this you can find that template at Amazon that that actually just shows you the entire structure. And all you basically got to do then is just fill it in with your your stuff. Just take that template, put in your title, your chapter titles and all that, and every all the body of information that goes in the book itself and, and so forth. So they're basically like filling in filling in the blanks so to speak <laughs> of course, it's not entirely that simple but it gives you a good place to start you're not just staring at a blank page wondering what am I going to type now you've got a structure you can work with and then
0: build on well, we're, we're at the end so we've got to mm-hmm. run now but uh, people look yeah. up your Amazon account make sure you've got one and uh, look for t- I guess we'll come back next week for our podcasting, and I've been listing us in podcasting directories, but iTunes is the big one. So if you want to podcast, get that going. But other than that, come and uh, guess what, the last hour, Bill. We may start, you know, allowing members of our club to come on and share. So be sure and join Club dot com to. Uh, we pay for this service, and uh, it's not real expensive, but it's uh, worth it. And we've been doing it for years. Just to keep mm-hmm. the word out that we're not alone in the universe. So <laughs> many levels of of learning. But uh, Bill, think of something else to talk about next week. Or uh, mm-hmm. let me know if you've got any ideas. But we'll start getting our new articles out there, and uh, I'll get back mm-hmm. in touch with you, Bill, on uh, some things we need to do because we need to keep up with the people that started around the time we mm-hmm. do, and, and put them in our articles and our websites out there and then put our books out there. And uh, I'll use you with your books and things. I'll grab them off of Google and stick them in our directory. Well, love and light, um, everybody. And that concludes mm-hmm. this week. I'm doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, we'll talk happy holidays, and we'll see you next week. Then, uh Bill, mm-hmm. next Saturday, if not before, okay?
1: And All keep right. working
0: on those books, and uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I will talk to you uh, next, at least before the end of the year, right? We've got one more Saturday hey, thing, don't we?
1: That's right. We
0: got okay. one more thing, and don't forget. All right. The quest continues. The quest continues. All right, uh, and you'll have to explain that later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Love and light, Bill. Thank you so much, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Bill. See you next week. Uh...
1: I say the bluegrass trains are coming From Beaverdale down to Alabama The bluegrass trains are coming Bluegrass trains are coming Long, long train running It's a song Her flatteners crux, Ralph Stanley, giving hug. I'm